This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The Deputy Minister of Health, Dr. Sbongiseni Lomo, has raised concern about the number of rising about the rising number of teenage pregnancies after revealing that 156,000 girls got pregnant between 2021 and 2022. uh, He says that in the previous financial year, 126,000 girls uh, were recorded as uh, recorded pregnancies. Responding to questions in the National Council of Provinces, Dr. Lomo said that this number includes girls who deliver babies in government hospitals and those who terminate pregnancies in public clinics and other healthcare facilities. He says government is trying to intervene to reduce teenage pregnancy cases in the country. Let's speak to the acting deputy director general for health programs at the National Department of Health, uh, Rampelwane Morewane. Good morning to you and thank you for joining us. Uh, good morning and thanks very much for inviting me. Let's talk about uh, the, first of all, the trajectory that we are on at the moment. The numbers are going up. They're going in the wrong direction. What do you put this down into? Uh, what do you put this down to as a department? What are your observations in terms of what is ha- what is happening uh, in this in, in around the, the, this issue? Uh, no, thanks very much again. Uh, we we are aware that the, the numbers are are worrying uh, because uh, it, they shouldn't be going higher. And, and we, we definitely put the matter of teenage pregnancy as a matter for the society really to deal with. Because uh, the young girls come from homes, come from communities, and young girls are impregnated in the communities where they live, mm. in the areas where they are known, and they know the people that impregnate them. And, and because it is girls that they fall pregnant, of the time, we don't even follow as to who may who mm. got them pregnant. Mm. We're more worried. It's almost like putting a blame on them. Yes. When they did not impregnate themselves, when the people that impregnated them move around freely in the society. Mm. So we we then calling on to whole of society to rise up and speak and educate and support these young girls. The yeah. government has got its own programs. But these programs are only going to be successful when everybody works together with the Department of Health, government departments, various government departments, but also following on the initiatives that we've put in place to make sure that we bring the sketch to an end. And I call it a sketch because it's really worrying because it destroys the future of these children. It disrupts their lives. It disrupts their education. It exacerbates poverty in some cases, mm. because most of them end up dropping out. So we are aware of it, much more worried. But we've got various programs in place to, to want to address it. And if you would allow me maybe just to tell the listeners what well, we're doing. Yeah, before you do that, we'll get to that in a moment. I'm just trying to establish and get more out of these numbers. Now, we talk about 156,000 uh, girls that, uh, that were the, minister, the deputy minister reported on. And he gave a number of, which is just really quite extraordinary, 396 of these girls were between the ages of 10 to 14 years old. Does, in, in tracking these numbers, do we record 
the circumstances under which these children uh, get pregnant. And as you've just mentioned, uh, to say, because if we're talking about 10 to 14-year-olds, these are children who are legally not even supposed to be engaging in acts of sex. Uh, and therefore, we are talking about a possible statutory rape. Of course, it wouldn't be statutory rape if it were um, you know, between two children who are also below the age of uh, consent. What are you finding is actually the pattern in terms of how these children are, for, are getting pregnant? Who is impregnating uh, them? I think the, the, the understanding, I mean, as, as we follow evidence and as we follow signs and we follow trends, is if you, if you go to the girls of between 10 and 14 years, most of them you find that they are left with uh, some male, some adult male who then takes advantage of them mm. because they are unsuspecting. So they, 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 you, wouldn't, you wouldn't of necessity find that the 10-year-old girl is impregnated by a 10-year-old boy. Mm. But you're going to find that there's an older person who preys on these people, taking advantage of them. Because really at 10 years, they're very innocent, unsuspecting. They still want to play. You're not even fully play. formed yet from a phys- physiological point of view. Uh, a young yeah. girl is not yet at that age, cannot even, is not fully formed to conceive a child or to give birth to a child, a baby, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Mm. They're unsuspecting. They still, they really want, they must be playing with the dolls. They must be playing mm. with the skipping ropes outside. And because they're unsuspecting, and when people are unsuspecting and at that age, they're very trusting. Now, when Malumi so comes around and offers them chocolate, they, they won't, there's no way they would not uh, accept it and, and whatever follows. And, and young girls have given their own testimonies, harrowing stories of how they were lured into sexual activity by older people because they were unsuspecting, they were trusting. But what we're saying is we need to rise up a society to protect them. And how do you protect them? Don't leave, firstly, we must introduce education in the homes. Sometimes there's a tendency of parents not wanting to talk about sex to their, to, to their children, thinking that they are mm. still early. Mm. Particularly men. Men will always uh, uh, refer the matters of sexual education to the mothers in their mm. homes. Men must also start to take responsibility, to teach even their young boys, mm. so that when they grow mm. older, they must never mm. engage in sex before time. Are we if following up, or do we have a system, though, when a child presents at a university uh, presents at a at a hospital or a health facility um and they're pregnant are there systems in place to follow up to say who is the father of this child or who is responsible for this pregnancy and that those people are also held accountable because i mean this pregnancy you know disrupts the lives of these young girls because then they either have to drop out of school or all sorts of other things, uh, even psychological effects that we may not know about going forward. You know, what system do we have in place when a young girl presents themselves at a hospital with a pregnancy, or is there limitations from the law in terms of whether you can demand to know who's responsible? Because if a fourteen-year-old comes to hospital and they're pregnant, that is a now we are dealing with a serious matter now that of possible, you know, statutory rape. You, you, you see, the, you, you, now, you now want to start at the end. Let's start at the beginning. Mm. The, the girl doesn't get pregnant today and deliver today. Mm. 
a girl gets pregnant in the community. People watch this girl stomach growing, growing, growing. By the time they come to the hospital, they've been pregnant. I mean, for nine months, mm. right? Mm. Now, for for for, the, for that nine for that for the eight months before they deliver, they're in the communities. So, health only comes up really at the tail end. I mean, even when they register, yes. they come for mm. antenatal care. Mm. At that time, they come for antenatal care. They're pregnant. They've left their home. They've left their home where there's an adult. They live from community where there's an adult. That's what I'm saying. It's the whole of society, really, mm. to, to come to the party to say, my girl, my child is pregnant. As a parent, mm. do I go and fall up as to who got this girl pregnant? Most probably mm. the mother knows. Mm. The father knows. Mm. The auntie knows. Mm. Somebody in the family knows. So what you're saying is that it's not fair, nor is it right, to expect government to be the one uh, following up on such. Not, 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 I'm not really saying that, but I'm just saying, remember the whole of society. Mm. When my, when my, when my, when my daughter says I am pregnant, the first question is going to be saying, "But who's the father?" Mm. Now it is at that stage that community members, society must be able to rise up and say, "I'm going to the police station to report this one." Mm. And we had. I get you, but in the absence of that, surely government does carry bear a responsibility that. Where family, where, where where the families or the parents of these young girls are failing, but then government has to at some point intervene, and even if that only comes at the tail end of the the pregnancy. There there are reported stories by 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 mothers by these girls themselves where stories where we wanted to open the case, but the person impregnated the girl is the breadwinner, mm. is the one who feeds the whole family. If you get him in, in prison, if you get him arrested, who's going to feed us? Mm. You understand? So mm. it, it, it is that matter. But can I just deal with the things that... Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Please what, go what ahead. What are we doing? Mm. We, we, we engaged in quite a number, quite a number of initiatives and, mm. and really collaborating with the other sectors. If, if, last year, people may not know, I mean, we had a big campaign in, in, in February, March, somewhere about in, in Northern Cape, collaborating with the Higher Health. Uh, higher Health is an entity of the Department of, uh, of Higher Education and Training because we want to really encourage students, students to be responsible. We also have a campaign called the Baby Not Now. I'm sure you've heard about campaigns called Kimoja. I'm sure you've got the, had the popular mm. concepts such as the Conquers, the Kalagan journey. Now, these are the programs of the Department of Health initiated and delivered in collaboration with other sector departments to make sure that we raise awareness about sexual and reproductive health rights of young people so that young people are able to access these services, talk to, to, to people. Mm. There's also help, you know, uh, anti- contraception program that we're having. We even have currently a long-acting reversal mm. contraceptive method. Okay. So all these are available. We have got sexuality ed- sexuality education program right. that I, it's mm. in the schools. So right. there's no, there's no. We, we can't say, and we can't say this is everything we've got to do. But these are the. These are efforts. Yeah, I get you.
Mr. Morewan, I'm gonna. Unfortunately, we are out of time. We're gonna have to uh, leave it there for now. It's a subject that I think requires a lot more time than we have uh, here. But we will continue to explore and to hear more about these programs and uh, their effectiveness. Perhaps we can revisit that at another time. Thank you so much. Okay. No, thank you very much. That's the Acting Deputy Director General for Health Programs at the National Department of Edu- for Health. Um, doc- uh, that's uh, Rampelani Morewani. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.